Welcome, welcome, geeks and nerds, girls and boys, to episode 202 of Geek to Me Radio. Today I'm joined by actor Eric Fellows talking about his movie, Break Even, along with some of his other notable roles. We'll then talk to actor Emily Onstedt talking about her role in Chicken Girls on Brat TV. All that and more, stand by. We're talking TV, comics and movies, and video games. of you joining us i'm your host james enstall welcome to geek to me radio we've got two fantastic guests lined up uh if you want to keep up with geek to me radio make sure you're following us on twitter and instagram at geek to me radio facebook.com slash geek to me radio make sure you give the page a like there and of course youtube look for geek to me radio subscribe on youtube make sure you hit the bell notification so you get updates every time we drop a new episode i appreciate all the support right now we've got two fantastic guests on deck let's get into it Right now we're talking with Eric Fellows, actor from Break Even, among many, many music videos, TV shows, and film. We'll get into all that and, of course, talk about Break Even. Eric, how are you? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, so filming during a pandemic, it's all going on, all this, uh, all this 2020 stuff. You've remained very busy. Your IMDb page has a lot of post-production, pre-production things that are, uh, I guess, still pending. So it's got to right. be an interesting time to be an actor right now. Yeah, no, it is. Um, you know, the fact is that, you know, I, I guess anyone who's uh, able to work right now um, is very fortunate, but also it's it, it is, it's a different time. So it's like the precautions are different on set. Like, you know, the rules are very different, um, obviously, with everything going on. So it was a it's definitely um, raises like a stir a bit on set, especially when we went back on the set uh, in June for my show in Bay for the sixth season. Um we got greenlit to go, but then a lot of precautions we weren't used to. Um, we can't, I came off of a series in end of March that we were shooting in Armenia. And when it, when everything first started going down, before I left, we had heard about COVID, but we didn't know too much about it. I mean, it was kind of just kind of coming over to the States in, um, in February, you know, January, February time. Like we heard about it, but wasn't sure exactly where it stood. So, and then in Armenia, we were filming back-to-back seasons of the first and second season for this new show, Purgatory, that, that's out now. And, um, you know, it, it hadn't hit Armenia, really. There was only a few cases, I think, so they weren't taking it too serious over there. Hmm. So uh, it was like the last two weeks that we were there, we were getting into filming starting until the second season. And they it was a day-by-day trial thing. It was like, okay, so we're just going to have to either – try to finish this up without, you know, getting stopped or they're going to let us know any second when we have to head back on the plane and head back so we don't get stuck there. So it was all kind of like, um, 
almost like a dream. It was weird how it all went down. Hmm. Uh, we were like into the second episode of filming second season and we got a, you know, production was like, listen, we're gonna have to shut down. The cases are starting to rise here. And we hopped back on a plane. And we were also very nervous too because like, you know, we're just kind of hearing about this as, as you know, my family in the States was telling me that's getting really bad. And over there, we're not really talking about it. So it was kind of a whirlwind. And going through the air, you know, going back to the airports and all the things that you're hearing. So everyone was sick on the plane, coughing, but you don't know if it's that or if it's just a cold or flu. So it was wild, man. So... Yeah, I, you know, basically, you know, being back on set starting in June, I filmed a couple things in between that, but you know, the roles have changed a lot. You know, yeah. with SAG and all that stuff, there's a lot of different roles set up, and, and you know, they're not covering COVID for insurance. You know, when you're back on set, so it's like it raises the dollar signs for the budgets, and you know, you're taking a risk at that point of getting shut down, and but. You know, I just came off of a movie called Divorce Baits, a romantic comedy. We just wrapped. Actually, the wrap thing was last night, but I had finished last week. But not, you know, this was the first set that I've heard about. Actually, the Bay, we didn't get shut down either. But it was one of the very few sets that were able to last the entire filming process and, and no one get it. That's great. So, and uh, they were able to get that far yeah. along, at least. That That's good. I know. It's a worry every second, you know, just be, and even, you know, the false positives that people are getting, you know, it's, right. it's, it's hard to tell what's really real and what's really, you know, the actual, you know, um, you know, if you're actually coming positive, you actually are positive and you're going back and there's people getting positive, then negative then positive again, then two negatives in a row. And it's just so odd how to predict really how to venture through this so i'm just happy that i'm able to work during this time and i want everybody to stay safe i mean that's the best thing you could do is wish that exactly and uh break even uh steve gutenberg starring in this alongside you you've got it directed by shane stanley uh great cast it sounds like a lot of fun uh the the imdb description four adventurous friends find 50 million at a remote island only to discover it was left by the DEA for the cartel in a rogue deal. That just has a recipe for just, it sounds like a lot of fun. Well, I'll tell you what, we all wish that when we found this 50 million, it was real. Yeah. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> the, time, that's the one thing I can say off the top before I tell you about it, we're like, God, imagine if this was real. Like if this is actually real. That'd be amazing. It's tough to look at that much bundles of cash when the filming scene is going, man, this is not real. <laughs> um, so no, it, it is a blast. It, it's a it's a fun movie. If you're looking for a fun, entertaining, sexy, well like, visually well shot, it's it, you know action. Just it kind of checks the boxes for for most things that people like to watch to keep you entertained, especially during this time. Um, it kind of falls into the category of like a a milder. And when I say this, people are expected to be like a Fast and Furious, but it's kind of like a Fast and Furious milder version meets like of an into the blue sort of thing and kind of with like a, a, the comedic timing of like a fool's gold. Hmm. Okay. So yeah, if you mix those things in into finding some cash and basically it's about four friends. Yeah. We end up um, finding some dirty money. We're going, we want sailing and we, we take a dive, which funny enough um, in the movie in the, in the cut that's out there, they don't show a whole lot of us diving. Now, initially we shot a lot in Brent who plays Sebastian, Red Bailey, he is certified. And Shane, the director, great director, and CJ, by the way, I just got to commend them right now. They gave us a really, really great opportunity, all four of us. Actually, everybody part of the cast, but we had a great time. So I have to say thank you, Shane and CJ, for creating this. 
um, that Shane body double for me because he's certified. So they went down and they actually dove down into this cage and had these bundles of, we weren't sure at the time in the movie if they're drugs or money. And I want to give too much away because if I tell too much, it'll kind of give away a lot of the story. So, sure. So there was a lot of diving stuff that they did. I was in the water for a while. I was above the water. And when we're floating, throwing the money up to, you know, to uh, Jack and Rosie, the two characters, uh, that was me in the water doing all that stuff. So in, it was freezing. I'm not going to lie. We shot <laughs> in February and March in Catalina Ooh. in the water. It was about 52 degrees. And we had a wetsuit and stuff. But man, let me tell you, it was cold, even through the wetsuit. So, but other than that, I mean, we had a beautiful time. So, yeah, man, it's a fun movie. So, it's a lot of fun. People are st- seeming to like it so far. I mean, the fans uh, have really seemed to gravitate towards it, you know. And it's with women driven. Uh, Tessia Teles plays Jack. She's from the show The One Hundred. Uh, she's yeah. on the main cast. Uh, she's got a fantastic fan base, man. They've just latched on to this, and so does uh, Elisa Reyes. She used to go on the show All That and Nickelodeon and a bunch of other stuff. I think. Actually, I'm getting a reboot, so she's back on that as we speak. And Brent Bailey, he's uh, done so much work. He's done a ton of work. He's actually the face of Shell Gas Station. So if you go to any Shell Gas Station in the United States, it's his face. Oh, nice. So we've got a cool leading cast and ensemble cast. We've got Steve Greenberg. We've got Ivan Sergey. We've got Joanna Bakula. We've got James Callis. We've got... Um, just a ton of nice supporting, uh, even day players were, were strong actors. So Shane and CJ really, they round up a, a nice group. So, yeah, I would just say, man, if you're looking for fun adventure, sexiness, hot girls, attractive guys, fast pace, boats, speed boats, fast cars, heist movie, money. If you like that kind of stuff, go watch it. Like you said, checks all the boxes. So uh, that, that's, it does, that's man. cool. And it's a fun time to be, I mean, for people are, you know, not having much to do right now because of everything going on. So it's a fun yeah. movie to sit at home. And it's left open for... Oh, I don't want to get that away. Well, hopefully we get a part two. Let's just say that. Okay, we'll leave it there. <laughs> we'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. And so, yeah. I was very fascinated. Uh, you've got some great music videos on your belt from yeah. uh, from Dido, <laughs> Papa Roach, J-Lo, Catherine McPhee, Buck Cherry. I would assume as an actor, it's a little bit of a, a different audition process for music videos. It's got to be about the look, um, but talk a little bit just because that's something we've never really delved into on this show. The audition yeah. process for music videos versus a TV series or a film. Well, to be honest, okay, so, you know, I first started out in modeling before I got into acting. I mean, it, it was briefly when I was modeling and then acting kind of transpired from it, but um, I didn't do a music video until I got to L.A., uh, in probably the first couple of years I was there, and, and then I remember they sent me in for a music video, and then, you know, obviously we grew up watching music videos, like the main, like, dire girl that's playing the love interest in these videos, so you're always, you're always looking at it going, man, it'd be cool to play alongside, like, a huge artist of some sort, but you never really, I don't know, it's, I didn't really know too much about that world either, and then, so it depends on what you're auditioning for, so for instance, like, Dido was more of a look, I mean, that was the first one I ever booked, and then um, my second music video, well, actually, initially, before any of them, I actually booked a Britney Spears music video, my prerogative. But oh. there was some conflict a bit um, at the time when I got when I got booked for it. The look, um, I, I had a same head. I looked very similar to Kevin Federline, who was her husband at the time. Okay. Or her boyfriend at the time. So I, it just, I don't know. There was a conflict because he was supposed to be in the video and there's this whole thing. I don't it was so many years ago. I don't even remember now, but I remember the next week because I was bummed. I'm like, Oh shit. I booked a music, you know, pretty Spears music video and I can't even do it. Hmm. And that sucks. 
But anyway, long story short, I ended up booking a Dido video the following week. And then it kind of just started this trend where I started booking music videos. And then my next one I booked was uh, Lindsay Lohan, her first video she ever did called Rumors, which was her biggest video she ever did. And, I, you know, it just became this thing. And each audition process very different than the next. So, you know, with Dido, from what I remember, it was a lot of luck. And then with Lindsay, it was like they wanted me to – speak up you know what my knowledge of Lindsay, and then like why she should cast me hmm. i remember that and saying like kind of like and i just i, I kind of did it in a um I, I delivered it in a way of being this overly confident guy that said that basically she needs me and i don't need her oh nice. and i guess they liked it yeah um <laughs> and then like yeah and then uh i remember you know, the j-lo situation was when i when i booked her her music video there was like not even kidding. I think they saw about 800, 900 guys, and there was a line at the door. Wow! And I remember that I didn't know who the guy was at the time. And this is a true story. A guy was going through the line and picking people out of it, and, and this guy came up to me and he said, "I thought it maybe was an assistant for part of the casting. I wasn't sure who he was." And I actually had my manager with me at the time, and he was just with he was standing with me. And the guy comes up to me and says, "Hey, are you an actor, actor?" And I said. Uh, yeah. He's like, but are you like a model actor or are you an actor actor? I said, I'm an actor. And he goes, follow me. And he takes me to the front of the line and I'm like the next person in. Next thing I know, and I wasn't actually being too, I was being a little standoffish with him because it was a little weird how, how he went about it. Like it wasn't like a typical casting situation. So I walk in the room, he's sitting in the middle of the table, like, you know, behind the middle of the table with two people inside and he's the actual director. Oh, Huh. And yeah, and his name was Sanji, Sanjay, and he was uh, he directed a lot of music videos over the years, big ones too. And uh, I was like, oh god, I kind of was like, a, not such a nice guy to this guy. <laughs> Long story short, he had me go through a range of emotions, like from excited and 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 happy and charming and uh, more like um, trying to persuade and this and that and what and then you know basically giving me the opportunity to go to range of emotions to see if I could actually follow his lead as a director hmm. and uh, to cry and this and that. And next thing I know, um, I got a call the next day saying that Sanjay wants to meet with you again. And he met me at a, at a top of a, a, a parking garage and he spent the day with me. This is true. He spent the day with me driving around and getting to know me for this music video. Huh. And then he and then they hired me. And then because the the the, the video is actually shot more like um like a short film version of a music video. It's kind of like film esque how he shoots. And it's uh yeah, she's playing like my, my love interest and I'm basically a corrupt evil arms dealer guy who's her boyfriend and she's undercover, but you know, I don't know that. And she's meeting me in these certain spots, but she's actually setting me up. So I end up getting taken down by the FBI and this this whole thing, the whole thing with the setup is it's very interesting. So each one, man, and then Catherine McPhee, her uh, video love story. I actually shot that the day after I shot the first Monday, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I shot JLo. Thursday, Friday, I ended up booking a Catherine McPhee video and I shot the next two days. Wow. So it was very random how these things for the music video world, how it actually comes about. So they're all different. 
and you've done a lot of TV too. Uh, we've had a couple people because I'm I, I, my grandma moved in with me when we were very young, and she had to watch her yeah. stories. So I'm a Days of Our Lives guy from way back. Absolutely, and there so you, you go. You were on that show. We've actually just had Eric Martzoff on the show. And oh, you did. Reaching way Hello back, there. we had John Delancey who played. Uh, yeah. He was Eugene on the show a long time. So yeah, yeah. So you're you're now our third Days of Our Lives alumni on the show. Nice. <laughs> Eric, Eric's a great guy. I actually works with Eric Martzoff a lot on the show. And we'll take our first commercial break. Come back chatting more with Eric Fellows. Please stand by. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Eric Martzoff. You might know me from Days of Our Lives. You might know me from Smallville, Rideshare the Series. Or maybe I ran into in a grocery store. I don't know. But you are listening to Geek to Me Radio. Welcome back to Geek to Me Radio. Chatting with actor Eric Fellows. And of course, uh, last, I guess a couple months ago, we had Eric Martzoff from Days of Our Lives on the show talking about Rideshare the series. So, of course, we asked Eric how it was working with Eric on Days of Our Lives. I work yeah. with Eric a lot. Um, I work with Lindsay Hartley a lot. Uh, James Scott a lot. Um, Joe Masala a lot. Uh, he's now passed away. Yeah, that's soul. that was very sad. Uh, I know. Yes, very sad. Um, but he's always it's so funny because everyone always asks me like, "What's he intimidating?" We he's intimidating. I'm like, it's funny because my character was like worked under under him. He was my boss, but like my first episode with him, I'm like, I'm like, a, um, he's coming at me, and I'm like pointing my finger in his face doing this scene. And like, no, everyone's like, dude, you don't point in his face. And I just did it. And I just remember, and he was like, after the war, after the scene, he shook my hand. He's like, great job. Oh, and nice. I'm just like, yeah, no, I, I thought he was great, but I can see how people could be intimidating. Um, and I worked my first episodes, I actually worked for John Anderson, Jennifer Anderson's father. Yeah. So that was, um, pretty surreal. So yeah, Days was a, a good starting ground for it. I, I always say that it's like a boot camp for acting because people, you know, you don't know until you go on a soap the type of work that it really is and the the preparation. You know what I mean? They, they right, shoot right. so much in one day that people just can't comprehend wrap their mind around. Like we're shooting two episodes in a day, which is 180 pages. I mean, that's insane. It's like shooting a play, but two of them a day. Right. So it's definitely – there's a method to it, um, but it got me prepared confidence-wise to – be able to walk into situations. Uh, I always did learn though early on, don't get too trapped in that world because there is a method to soap act. I mean, they call it soap acting, but I will kind of say there's uh, the soap understanding. A lot of those actors I've started there and are huge movie stars. So I, you know, I can never judge anything about soap actors. I have nothing but respect for them because it is a boot camp for acting and you are taught to be prepared. Yeah. So, utmost respect for them and uh yeah days gave me i'm very grateful for days that opened a lot of doors for me in many ways so and then uh csi new york ncsi la you evil touch uh, you mentioned the bay uh and among the tv credits uh purgatory it's a pretty popular one that you're involved with yeah man it's uh it's a cool new series that um popstar it's on popstar tv um it's a newer newer um network app you can get on apple tv roku Anything like that, I think uh, Popstar TV is available. Um, yeah, Purgatory. It's a really cool show. It's um, very well shot, actually. It's beautiful. We shot in Armenia in, in the winter. And like even the opening episode is beautiful with snow in the mountains and Savan 
Like, it's just gorgeous. I didn't know Armenia was that beautiful. And it's pretty stunning. So it's basically about 12, 12 different characters who get um, uh, an invitation to this New Year's Eve event. called, And it's at, held at this place called Shambhala. It's this um, resort. But we're all there with invites from different angles, not knowing why we're all there. I mean, mm-hmm. we know why we came to the event, but we're not sure who all these other people are. So we all kind of just meet up at this at this resort, all get to know each other. Lo and behold, they end up taking they have a surprise for us, and they end up luring us into this cave, and we get trapped. Then we slowly, surely figure out um, why we're there. They we're all there for one particular murder that's happened. So it's like a game of Clue mixed in with some sort of like Saw-ish sort of feel, but not that gory. Okay. Um, but it's like a game of Clue and an edgier version of it, of modern day. And um, I play a very severe character. I play an ex-con murderer who is, uh, you know, trying to turn his life around in a certain degree, but he still, he suffers from a lot of, PTSD and alcoholism and lots of shady stuff. So nobody knows like what each person, who, what, you know, their backstory. We've kind of give it to them a little bit, like when we're meeting the monks in the first episode. But you got a guy from the military. You got a guy who owns his own business. So it's kind of like one of those guests who did it sort of shows. And um, I won't give too much away because if I say anything, it literally will give stuff away. But yeah, check it out. I mean, Purgatory. I play a super edgy character. So don't judge me. <laughs> I promise you I'm a nice guy in real life, but I do some uh, severe things to survive. It's like basically only the be- may the best man survive. Best woman, best man survive, and uh, we will see. Season one is out now on Popstar TV, and we're looking to finish season two in the new year. Very cool. The films, we talked about Break Even, and then there's all these other ones that are in production, post-production, pre-production, like uh, Blood, Zero Road. Uh, the one I can't Zero say the Road, name of. We shot, we shot Zero Road, and then this is during. Actually, that's another project I shot. Actually, after in in between shooting the Bay this summer, so I shot Zero Road. I know that they they didn't get shut down, but they're they're actually they're not quite finished yet. I know that they have to finish some stuff up, but I know that will be out sometime next year. Um, divorce, I just finished a romantic comedy called Divorce Bait. Really great cast. Uh, really funny, raunchy, funny like comedy. That'll be out sometime next year. I have a movie called Star, which is a movie. Excuse my language. We'll beep that. That's okay. We'll we'll beep that. Yeah, I I thought so. I didn't know if I was allowed to say it or not. Uh, Actually, we might be changing the title. Uh, It it all depends on what the distributor decides. But we actually are delayed. That movie, it's been four years in the making because it's a lot to do with, well, to do with Hollywood and and making it to the the top. And what are you willing to do for that? And it's, uh, it's a dark comedy, though. And there's a dark very dark comedy element to it hmm. but with a real realness that we kept to what people are scared to show of hollywood we didn't hold back at all yeah and it's this actor jimmy Starr is the character i'm playing and it's this journey and there's some dark conflicted interest in the movie that takes him on a spiral and there is a redemption period because he is kind of like a kind of a, a piece of work kind of guy um but it's what we do to make it it's, it has a lot to do with me too so we had to shelve it um, at one point when Me Too was very, very much a, a prominent thing. And, yeah. we, you know, we want to push the boundaries with stuff. But it seems like right now things have lightened up a bit and, you know, people can laugh at certain things. It's not to press anything about Hollywood. It's just to kind of show people 
you know, an element of things that are kind of kept away from them, but in a comedy way to be lighthearted and you laugh about. And we don't take things so serious all the time. So that I'm very proud of. It's been four years in the making. It's finally going to come out next year. And um, yeah, in my past stuff, I, you know, I did a movie called Being Rose with Silver Shepard and James Brolin. It came out uh, in 2019. That's uh, done pretty well. And, and, you know, it was a really cool character I got to play along Sybil playing her, her son, which was kind of surreal for me because, you know, my parents were big fans of her and James yeah. Brolin. I was a kid when she was on Moonlighting. So the exactly. Fact that, yeah. Love that show. Dude, we're friend- And the thing is, we're friends now. I, I talked to Sybil once a week. She was actually going to come over to for my break. We had a little break even screening at her house uh, last week when it came out. And she was going to come, but. Obviously, COVID, and I don't want to put her in any game. Right, so we, sure. You know, but she's very supportive, and yeah, we 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 ever since the film, we've we've stayed in contact. We have dinners, and became like family. So I'm very fortunate for the people that I've worked with over the years. And uh, obviously, big things coming once all this COVID stuff happens. I'm sure it'll just keep going onward and upward from there, based on everything you've done so far. Uh, it's an, we're an trying, incredible man. amount we're of trying. stuff you've got. I appreciate that. We're trying, man. It's you know, it, you know, this business is interesting because. It's all about momentum and it's all about perseverance and sticking at it. You know what I mean? Like it's, I've been doing this a long time and I've had elements of, of great moments and, and very tough moments, but you always have to know that it's not, not always going to be so simple. There might be downtime again, but to, to really, to, to have a career in business and longevity, you have to understand how that works, but you can't ever give up, man. Cause it's, it's just, you, you can't, well, if you give up then you won't know. Right. Exactly. So you, you have to be a fighter. And uh, it wouldn't so, be, it, they wouldn't call it suffering for your art if there wasn't some degree of suffering involved. No, so. <laughs> no it's, yeah, you do. I'll tell you this right now. I, I, my advice to anyone out there who wants to be an actor or anywhere in the entertainment business is 150% of effort on a daily basis. And now we have all these elements of social media. I mean, I'm just now signing up for Cameo and OnlyFans and all these things on top of his Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. I'm like, geez. Lots like, to keep up with. Well, you got to, man, because people want to, if they are interested, they want to keep following you and there's ways to do that, but they have so many outlets now. So, and we should tell people too, if, if they do want to keep up with you, uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, websites, where can they, where can they keep up with your career? Yeah. So, okay. So Instagram, um, is my most prominent one I would say. So it's Eric, E-R-I-K, last name fellows, F-E-L-L-O-W-S official. So Eric fellows official. Um, my, and anything that's the verified sign on it, it's going to be me. Um, if anything else, I do have a personal account on Facebook, but, and I have a verified one, but those are both me, but there's a few others that are not me that are imposters. So I'm not sure which ones those are, but be careful of those. <laughs> and then Twitter, it's just, uh, it's Eric Fellows. So it's at Eric Fellows. And now I'm getting a cameo account as we speak. My publicist is like, let's get a cameo account. And it's on OnlyFans one. So look out for those two coming in the in the next weeks, I guess. Very cool. And if you get a chance, if you're listening, check out Break Even. Uh, sounds like a lot of fun. I'm looking yes, forward to seeing out, that as well. <laughs> Eric Bellas, this has been great. Thanks so much for your time today. I appreciate it. Hey, James, I appreciate it, buddy. And we're going to take our next break, come back, and start our conversation with Emily Anstat. Please stand by. Moonlighting strangers who just met Hi, this is Diane Pershing, the voice of Poison Ivy, and you're listening to Geek to Me Radio. 
And we're back here on Geek to Me Radio. Make sure you give a look at the website for our premier sponsor, discoverstcharles.com. If you've been around since the beginning, then you know I've talked about this since the beginning because they are one of my first sponsors and they've stayed with me the entire time. Historic St. Charles is a great place to visit. There's lots to see, lots to do. And if you have not yet experienced it, maybe you're looking at something to do in 2021. Now that we've kind of getting back to some semblance of normalcy in life, maybe you want to take a trip. No better place to check out than Historic St. Charles. Go to the website, discoverstcharles.com to plan your trip. See all the things there are to see and do. You can kind of make a list, uh, kind of formulate what you want to see while you're there. Find a place to stay, whether or not you want a first-class luxury hotel or where you want a uh, like a bed and breakfast, kind of just a very nice, quaint, relaxed, laid-back experience. St. Charles has you covered on all those fronts. Great places to eat. Fantastic dining experiences up and down South and North Main Street and all over the area. And lots to do, no matter the age, no matter what you're looking for. There's something in St. Charles to please everyone. Start your trip by looking at the website, discoverstcharles.com, and go from there. And with that said, we're on to our next guest. Right now we're talking to actor, dancer, model, a little bit of everything. Amelie Onstad, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Doing well, thanks. Uh, Brat TV's Chicken Girls, season six, you're in a Sadie. Uh, this is a pretty big deal. Talk a little bit about how you got the part. Yes. So it's a, yeah, I mean, this opportunity, I was so excited. I was over the moon and the story of getting it is actually so funny. I was um, going to Barcelona for my first time out of the country. I went um, with my cousin for her birthday and I land and we get off the plane and we didn't have Wi-Fi, you know, cause we had just traveled. And so suddenly my phone connects to the Wi-Fi and I have like 20 missed calls, 50 million emails. And I was like, Oh my goodness, what's going on? And it was all like my mom and my manager telling me, Oh, well, you have an audition and it's due in two hours. Oh my God. And normally, yeah. And normally you have like, uh, if it's a self tape, you have maybe three days, two days. Like you definitely have a lot more time to prepare. So I was looking and I was like, Oh my goodness, I got to do this. And then I read like the description. I was like, chicken girls. Oh my goodness. I've heard such amazing things about this show. There's so many, um, um talented actors and teen influencers on it. So I was like, Oh, Maureen, come on. Like you got this, like, you know, it's pressure. Like you don't have that much time, but you can do it. So we ran back to the hotel and I didn't have my normal self tape studio at all. We were literally just in a hotel room. <laughs> So my family, like we like literally, it was like a balancing act. The camera was like on like five sets of books. Like it seemed like it was out of like a comedy show. <laughs> I mean, and I literally memorized the lines like as fast as possible. The fastest I've ever had to memorize anything. Filmed it a few times because we also had dinner reservations. Oh my so God. I was like, oh my goodness. Like it was so funny. And I finished the audition and I was like, well, that was not my best audition. I was kind of upset about that. I was like, you know, like I really want to get this role. I, you know, I really love this show, the people on it. And I really loved the character. I connected to the character in a really fun way. She's so different from who I am in real life. So I really enjoyed that, but there was really nothing I could do. So I submitted it and I just hoped for the best and put out that good energy. And one week later, exactly one week later, I got the text that I booked the show oh, and wow. I, yeah, it was so surreal. It was so surreal. A lot of times, you, you, when you think of the audition process, you think, okay, I send in my first self-tape. I'll probably get a call back when they want something a little bit different. I'm down to like, a, but you, it, that, that was it. You nailed it right there. 
Exactly. That that's what I had thought too. I was like, okay, because normally when I do any shows um and any other projects, I've gone through like eight auditions. You know, like right. it's usually a long process. But when it's a web series, it's um a lot shorter. And I they just they were like, only oh, we really see you as this role. We really see you as Sadie. So I was super grateful for that, and I was so honored that they were you know they provided me with the opportunity and believed in me so it was really really fun and i know a lot of people have said that like the the working on the web series is can be a lot more laid back than if you're doing like a a big budget movie or even like a a regular what they call network tv series and everything have you found it to be very relaxed and just kind of a laid back experience or was there a little bit of hustle still involved um yeah so for sure i think what was so cool about the web series is that i was kind of going into it thinking the same thing that you said like laid back kind of chill and what was really amazing is that they were so so professional it was um it was literally like we were filming a movie or tv show like the hustle and like was so so good but at the same time we all had so much fun doing it and it wasn't a lot of stress it was more go with the flow and still follow the time and get everything done on time. It was, it was really, really professional. I was, I was really surprised. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what to expect from all the kids, but everyone knew their lines, everyone knew their positions and it went so, so smooth. And you're in this alongside uh, people like Annie LeBlanc and Hayden Summerall. Does everyone kind of film their part and go their separate ways? Or is there a lot of uh, camaraderie behind the scenes? Yeah. So what was really fun about that is going into it, um, these all these kids have been friends for so long, like during the show and also before the show, just kind of growing up as the teen little group. And I was going into it and I was like, I don't know any of these kids. I didn't know any single person on the show. So I was like, okay, I'll really like it's fun. You know, it's like first day of school. And I walked in and I did not know what to expect. And everyone was so welcoming. Like we all became friends instantly. And in between our takes and um, even after like set, we would go out to dinner and we would go to like all these get togethers. And then on set, we would goof around, but still be professional, of course, but like make all these funny videos. And yeah, it was really awesome. And now they're some of my closest friends. And obviously while you're working on stuff like this, uh, I know you kind of, if I'm not mistaken, you'd been kind of decided to go the homeschooling route just so you could focus more on your career and everything like that. And then come along the pandemic and turns out everybody's homeschooling. So you were doing it before it was cool. (laughs) I know. That's what I said too. I was like, it's so funny now because like my friends back home in Florida, they all like, I went to a public school till I was um, in sixth grade. So I have all my hometown friends and they all went to normal school. And now they're like, oh, only now we see what you have to go through. Like it isn't (laughs) easy. And I was like, see, (laughs) But it's is it is it harder? Do you, is there a difference now with um, the obviously, like you said, you went through the first six years. Did what did it? How did it impact you going from uh, learning in school with everyone else to homeschooling? Did you find it was a, a huge transition, or did you kind of slide into it pretty easily? Yeah. So my parents are super, super supportive, which I'm very grateful for. And um, so being homeschooled was actually my choice. I would like convince my parents. I was like, this is going to be smarter for me so I can really focus on my career, but still balance school because school is not only very important to them, but very important to me. Um, So going into it, I was really nervous because I didn't know what to expect. And I was always a very like social butterfly. And I still am. I love talking, meeting new people, making new friends. So I was a little bit nervous about that aspect of it I was like how am I going to balance everything 
but I mean, come now it's worked out amazing. I've created friend groups out all the way in LA and Atlanta and still have my amazing group of friends here. So it's been really fun in that sense. But when it comes to school, I definitely learn better. I think when I'm in school, like having a teacher, of course, like the setting is very different in the environment. But online, they've provided us with so many awesome ways. It's just a little bit harder because you have to teach yourself a lot of it, even though you have the teachers. It's definitely more um, you being a teacher as well. But it's definitely I've adjusted to it really nicely. And yeah, now it's now it is what it is. And I know uh, you're you're a very young person, very talented, and you've got a lot of you're kind of in this world now that for other people I've had on the show. Obviously, I've had people I, I had Ed Asner on the show who obviously just turned like 95, but then other people in their 30s and 40s. It's a much different world. I would assume Hollywood for you being as young as you are, you've grown up knowing social media, knowing online stuff. And I, I would think that'd be a little easier for you then because you're more just accustomed to this is the way the world is on social media. You've got a very large Instagram following. You're on Twitter as well. What do you think the impact of social media has been? And uh, is it something that I think every actor needs to have to help their career or should it not be such a tool in that regard? We're going to stop for another commercial break. Come back, chat more with Emily Anstett. So please stand by. Hi, this is Kimberly Brooks, the voice of Princess Allura. You're listening to Geek to Me Radio. Welcome back to Geek to Me Radio. We want to make sure you check out our other sponsor, MarcusTheaters.com, Marcus Theaters and Movie Tavern. You can still get out and see a movie. You need to support these theaters uh, now more than ever. It's a great time to go see a movie. I know some of you haven't been out to see a movie for a while. Marcus Theaters and Movie Tavern are making it safe to go back and see movies. And there's still a lot of great movies to be seen out there. Check out the website, MarcusTheaters.com. You can get your tickets right there on the spot. Find the location closest to you or download the app. The Marcus Theaters app, and you can actually not only get your tickets, find a location close to you, but you can pre-order your concessions so they're waiting for you, making a more contactless experience. Marcus Theaters Movie Tavern are making it safe to come back to the movies, and it's always a good time to go see a movie. Check out the website, MarcusTheaters.com, for more information. Very proud to have them as the official movie sponsor for geek me Radio. Before we took that last break, we were talking with Emily Anstett about uh, using social media for an actor's career. Well, that's an awesome question because personally, I have two sides to that. I can see both sides. And I think it really depends on as an actor, as someone in this industry, on what you're trying to display. For me personally, having social media is such an amazing way for me to show who I really am rather than who my characters are on TV. Like Sadie, for Mm. example, she's the super like she's the super mean girl where when um all the fans watched the show she, they were like who is this girl like we don't like her she's so mean they <laughs> got to go onto my socials and see that i'm completely like opposite from that and we got to create these amazing bonds and what i love about social media is that you're given these platforms to be able to spread kind of whatever message you'd like and for me i like to spread being original and spreading happiness and really connecting to although there are fans i really kind of think of them as friends all over the world and you get to just meet all these new people again which i think is really cool and you can just really provide whatever you want like i post a lot of dance videos and modeling pictures and 
on my story, I get to mess around and do lives. So I think social media is a really nice way to build another following, connecting with even more people and kind of helping you get even more exposure. And talking about playing the mean girl, uh, like you said, it's against your normal type. Are there yeah. anyone, uh, when you were developing the character, obviously they give you a lot of information when they give you the sides and here's what she's like, but obviously it's up to each actor to kind of create the character and really flesh out what's on the page, bring it to life. Were there any, uh, mean girl inspirations that you kind of like, okay, I'm going to play a little bit, this, a little bit, this, or was this just all based on like some people do it off someone they know, someone they went to school with. Was there any, uh, what was the inspiration to help you find Sadie? Yeah, so that's also a really fun question. Because when I originally got the sides and the kind of they like you said, they give us like a little paragraph, maybe breakdown of the character. And when I originally got it, Sadie was almost like completely different than how I played her. Like they had wanted it even in my audition, it was a little bit different. And then they were like, let's actually make her meaner. Because before they had kind of just wanted her to be like a brat almost. But then they were like, let's make her more of like the mean sassy girl. So going into it I kind of was able to, I had a lot of freedom on shaping her which was really awesome but I knew she was like the country mean girl so what I looked into a lot was like mean girls the actual movie mm -hmm. um that inspired me a lot when it came to this um show and that's like what I focused on and then I took real life situations like watching my friends back home maybe like seeing like you know there's always like those few few people like you said that you can kind of take their personalities a little bit and right. try to like character which is really funny but yeah that, that was kind of my background to it and I would just practice and practice I have this like I have a seedy voice it was just like suddenly I like <laughs> flip it's so weird. I like flip the switch and I become this like little brat. And it's so funny. And obviously uh, part of your big start was due to the Biebs, Justin Bieber yeah. on the purpose tour that had to be uh, as a, as person who does live performing, that's gotta be such an electric experience. You're up there in front of this large crowd and you're doing it, you know, with Justin Bieber, talk a little bit about your mindset as you're performing that piece that kind of, made your star take off yeah that experience opened the doors for me that experience showed me what I wanted to do and it was like that was almost like my turning point it was basically either I stay going to normal school and I stay kind of just in my small town doing dance still of course but kind of just like like a lot of kids do or I was like or this is my point where I turn the tables and really really get serious about this career and that moment I danced with him. Yeah, I mean, he changed my life completely. And like he gave me so many words of wisdom and just guided me in the right direction. I'm so grateful for him. And he's inspires me in so many different ways. But that feeling when you're on that stage, a lot of people always ask, like, were you nervous? And it's funny because I really wasn't. I was nerve sighted, as I say, nervous and excited. I was just the adrenaline that I can, I, I still can feel the adrenaline. I got up on that stage and there was like 20 plus, like, so many people in the audience and they're screaming and you know you can just feel their happiness and how excited they are I remember like looking at this one girl in the audience I mean I can still remember her face which is weird but <laughs> I I was just over the moon I was like let's do this Amelie like this is your shot let's go let's dance and just you know have fun YOLO and it was amazing 
And if I'm not mistaken, you were actually a fan. This wasn't just something, oh, there's a contest. I'm going to submit myself for this. You were actually a Justin Bieber fan going into this. So it had to be even, I guess, a little bit more nerve wracking doing the audition or again, no nerves. And we're going to take our last break. Come back and finish our conversation with actor Emily Anstat. Please stand by. You're just a mean girl. Get away. Lucy Davis, I play Etta Candy in Wonder Woman, and this is Geek to Me Radio. Come and listen, we're very, very nice. Welcome back for our final segment here on Geek to Me Radio. Chatting this segment with Emily Anstett, actor from Chicken Girls. We were talking to her about the auditioning process and how she got the part uh, for the basically career trajectory altering role in Justin Bieber's Purpose Tour. Honestly, doing the audition, um, of course, I loved Justin Bieber growing up. He was like in my, I feel like my generation was definitely like he was like the Justin Bieber. You know, everyone was like obsessed with him. Never super fangirly. I've overall like growing up, I've never been like super like I never had posters or anything, but I still was like, oh, I love him and I love his music and it's so fun. So submitting the audition when I saw it, I was like, okay. Let's, my mom and I found it and we were like, okay, let's do this. Let's submit it. It's literally three months late. We'll just do it for exposure and just to try. Like, why not? We, I did not think I was going to get it whatsoever because again, it was literally three months past the deadline mm. and did the dance the wrong way the first time. Like I mirrored it opposite from the video and then like I redid it. Uh, it was so funny. And so I submitted it and I honestly just did it like again, just for practice and just to kind of do that because I'd never done that before. And I submitted it and two months went by, completely forgot about it. Like my mom did too. We kind of just completely forgot we even posted it. And we got an email and the um, my mom's email and she's like reading it. She's like, on Lansdale, you've been selected out of, and like, I remember I thought she was joking, and I was like, Mom, why, why are you being mean? Like, don't be, <laughs> that's not nice. And then she started crying, and I was like, Oh my goodness, like, this is real. And a week later, I was on stage with him. I mean, still to this day, it's crazy. Huh, wow. And I know yeah. uh, we always talk, uh, if people have charities, we want to support those charities. You work with a charity, if I'm not mistaken, it's called elevatehope.org. Yes, Elevate Hope. It's um actually it's an um organization in my hometown that as a little kid I grew up working with them. They would come to my school and it's run by Rena and she is the most she is so inspiring and so so committed to what she does and her heart is just so big you know like you meet those people along your way in life that just are so unique and so special and I remember meeting her in kindergarten um I st- first started working with her and we would do like little baskets for all the kids in need and families in need and um still to this day I'm so grateful now that I get to support her even more and I go in when I'm home and help make baskets or help make donations and yeah I just I just enjoy also giving back to the people and helping anyone I can and you know showing them that there is like everyone has a purpose in life even if you're lost right now and you're trying to find it like you will it's you know it's confusing we all go through those periods where we're confused and don't understand what's going on in life why things are happening but everything happens for a reason and she's definitely helped teach me that too and yeah she's amazing I'm still going through that period of I don't understand what's going on in life but I think I'll get out the other side eventually we'll we'll see how that goes for me <laughs> but 
we'll make sure if you're, if you're listening, go ahead and check out the website, Ella. It's E-L-E-V, the number eight, hope.org. Uh, you can catch Amelie on Bratz TV Chicken Girls as Sadie. And where can people find you if they want to keep up with you on social medias? Yeah, you can find me at Amelie.Anstet on all platforms. A-M-E-L-I-E dot A-N-S-T-E-T-T. Perfect. And I think you've got a, a long and glorious career ahead of you. I feel like I'm getting you at the very beginning of your career. So when you make it big, don't forget about me. Come back and we'll talk again about what you're doing uh, in your career in acting. Oh, thank you so, so much. It was such a pleasure talking to you. That's going to do it. Another show in the books. My thanks, as always, to Joey V for making this show sound as good as it does. I would not be able to do what I do without his abundant help. Make sure you're subscribing on Patreon. You can get full interviews. Sometimes these interviews are truncated. I edit them to fill in the time. Full interviews are accessible if you are a Patreon subscriber. Go to patreon.com. Find geek to me Radio. Brand new website coming just around the bend. Make sure you are also clicking on our Amazon affiliate link. Anything you buy on Amazon, we get a small, small commission on that sale, and it goes to help the show. So you can do that to help support us. Until next week, my friends. It's not in the way. I sound B. It's not in the way you watch the flash. It's not in the way you love Scotty Young Arts. It's not in the way you play Mario Kart. It's not in the way you look when you make him a throw trap and says, That's a show. This is Geek 2. Salem, good night. Hi, this is James Enstall, host of Geek Me Radio, and in honor of my favorite Themyserian, I've decided to become an Amazon warrior. Harrod, give me strength. The next time you want to buy something from Amazon, go to geektomeradio.com first and click on our Amazon affiliate link. Simply shop like you normally would, and when you check out, a small percentage will go towards supporting the show. So remember, the next time you want to search Amazon for the latest Wonder Woman graphic novel,